Sheila Addison's. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC, uh, excited about uh, the conversation we're going to have today with the skillet frontman, John Cooper. And uh, I, I, I kind of did gain a few cool points with your kids <laughs> okay. by letting them know that we were actually going to to be interviewing John Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um because they are fans of Skillet, some of their songs, some of their songs are really hard rock, and they're they it's not their cup of tea. But surprisingly, there is one song that I I was I was surprised is Nathaniel's favorite, and of course you know I don't know the titles of songs, I just know what is repeated, and that becomes a title for me. So it may not <laughs> this may not be the title what I'm about to say, but you know I'll just I'll just take a chance. Uh, but he has a song I feel like a monster. Yeah. Okay, that song is like. <laughs> <laughs> One of Nathaniel's favorites. And I, and I I haven't decided yet if Nathaniel really understands the message of the song or if it's just the way that the song is sung, right? Mm-hmm. I, I. I think it's more of that. <laughs> yeah. People who, people who listen to Skill, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, our kids, well, I say our kids only to protect the guilty, asked me to mention her during this interview and I said how like and she said I don't know just find some way to just mention me like I mean <laughs> I mean <laughs> I, you know uh, I don't I understand have a daughter yeah uh she thinks you're great music. okay oh. and and that pertains to our conversation so let's keep going <laughs> I don't know anyways uh so we're not going to worry about it but anyway we're going to talk to John Cooper because he's got a new book that is out where he is discussing and exploring many of the topics that we discuss and explore on this show. And so I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, Had the opportunity to kind of um, listen to some of his podcasts to see, you know, kind of take, do a temperature check and see, I I thought that we're all on the same page and it seems that, yeah, we, we are on the same page. Anyway, the book is awake and alive to truth, finding Mm -hmm. truth in the chaos of a relativistic world. Uh, So anyway, when John joins us, we are going to have that conversation. Before we get into that, though, um, let me remind our listeners, and this is so important. Man, what about that conversation yesterday with Hannah Bolvey? Oh, man, yeah. It was right up her alley and ours. And ours, too, right? (laughs) You know, just speaking of discipleship, you know, and discipling uh, the children. And, you know, man, it's it's of such importance that we take that seriously because that's the that's the great commission to go and make mm-hmm. disciples of men. That's right. Uh, never says go make church members, you know, or, or people who are going to warm the pews, but disciples, you know, ones yep. who are going to take the faith and carry it on and, and, and give it, uh, you know, to someone else. And uh, yes. we have to do that. And I think that focus needs to be, that should be our focus as we look at what is happening in the world, all the things that are going on, even in mm-hmm. our country, yep. the gospel and making disciples has has to come into focus 
more and more because that's the only thing that would change the heart. That's exactly right. And and the thing that constantly grabs my fervor is we, these kids are right in our homes. Like yeah. the Lord has really set us up to disciple the masses, so to speak, right? You've got multiple children in your home, some of us, many of us. You've got multiple opportunities to pass the baton of the gospel to those kids intact. It's, But the thing is, and I think this is how the enemy deceives us, it's so overlooked because it's just right there, mm-hmm. right? It's like um, people, like that's not ministry, right? I've got to go outside of the walls Man, of my home to minister. That is deception. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. Right. He wants us to not be aware of um, Peter's encouragement, right? That this promise, this, what has happened, right? That, that the gospel has come to us, mm-hmm. that we are now able to receive the Holy Spirit, that we are able to be forgiven of our sin, that this promise that is ours is not only for us, but it's for our children and for those who are far off the, mm-hmm. for everyone that the Lord will call. That's right. And so we, we leave out that second component thinking that, and that's, that doesn't really count. Yeah. That, that doesn't really, it, cause I can't, I can't really put that on a flyer. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that, that is, I would say the toughest ministry that we as parents, both moms and dads have. Not only the rearing of our children, but the shaping of godly character. Why? Because those kids are watching you long after the invitations. Yeah. Right? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Those kids. see how you live every single day. Yep. And so they can determine if whether or not what you are saying to them lines up with how you yourself are living. And that's tough work, right? To make sure that we are living above reproach, that we are reading and applying the word of God to our lives. And in fact, and I say this quite often because it needs to be said, there are so many of us who say we have a biblical worldview Mm -hmm. and we think that that means that we believe the Bible is true. Mm. Well, but it's a little bit more than that. I mean, that's a great starting point. But having a biblical worldview means that you live according to the convictions that are present in the Bible. That means that you apply that to your life, that you are actually living that out, that you see things through the lens of Scripture, which means that we often find ourselves, even in our own personal lives, doing hard things. Yeah, yeah. Things that go against the flesh. And so um, talking with Hannah yesterday, talking about the greatest journey, this discipleship course for kids. Oh, man. And you can tell that was was our passion. You know, that was something that really has gripped our heart. And that's something that should grip all of our hearts, you know, um, that we have to make disciples and that it's more uh, than just uh, knowledge download is more, it's a life on life, you know, Mm -hmm. is really walking with people. And I've been praying, you know, for myself personally, that I'll have more of that opportunity uh, to do so, you know, Mm -hmm. to make disciples. And I think the first place we need to look, like you said, is in the home. So that's right. That's there. But beyond that, you know, God will give us other opportunities as well. And I want to just mention this because we're going to give more details about this uh, as the months go on, Mm -hmm. you know, as we're praying about this. But uh, this uh, the next year, 2021, a marriage, family and life conference is going to be uh, June 24th to the 26th. I just want to put that date out there. That's the dates. Kind of like a save the date. Yeah. June 24th to the 26th. I know last time we, you know. Look, we're not going to look back this year, this well, coming year. There'd be a lot of us that would have to buddy. <laughs> I mean, like it, yeah, it was yeah, just you. Yeah. This coming year. That's, that's the plan. Lord willing, June 24th through the 26th. So if you've been to the conference before, 
and you're like, man, I want to go to another one of those conferences. It was really impactful. That's the date. If you haven't been, we're going to be talking more and more about um, this conference as, as the months go on. And it's, it's really for the whole family. Yeah. It's for the whole family. It's for husbands and wives, but you can bring your children because within that conference, we also have a conference set up for the kids, you yeah. know, and it's not just it's not juicing crackers only. No, you know? we don't believe in babysitting. Uh, yeah, they're gonna get some snacks. I mean, we snacks, do. We we will know. do that. We, we're gonna make but, sure that they don't hurt one another. But yeah, um, they're gonna have some <laughs> major takeaways at the end of it all. So you like, can bring your whole family. That's the that's, that's right. the point. It's for the yeah. whole family. So I just want to throw that in there so people who have been listening and like, I wonder if they're doing that again. Well, put that date yeah. down. You know, <laughs> this take was it as a vacation. To be the fourth year last year. Yeah. This. 2020 was supposed to be year three of it. Um, right. But anyway, we'll see what the Lord does a different. Yeah. for everyone <laughs> and not just for you. It can feel like it was something we only <laughs> suffered alone. But the thing is, we suffered it alone together. Right. right. Like everybody, everybody <laughs> suffered, so to speak, alone together. Uh, so anyway, so that's good. A save the date for June 24th through the 26th that's of right. 2021. Um, Lord willing, as things continue to come together under your leadership here, there should be some great speakers on the docket. And, on. Um, yes. of course, the children's track, which to me is a major draw because uh, so often you go to conferences where, man, you know, you want to be challenged with the truth. Um, you want to learn. You want to grow. Mm -hmm. But the heart that is communicated is like, yeah, but leave your kids at home. And uh, we don't have look. That is not a luxury that we can enjoy right now. We're we're in like the final phase here, right? I'm sure there's another sports analogy or something. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth <laughs> quarter. Okay, um, bottom you know, of the yeah. Like, can you yeah, say that? Two minute okay. warning. Sure. Yeah. All of those things we're in it. <laughs> bottom right? of the night. And yeah, uh, we need all hands on deck. The enemy is coming after our kids, and we have been sounding the alarm for that, and we will continue to sound the alarm. That's right. Um, the enemy is coming after our kids. He's coming after our grandkids. And too many of us are just kind of asleep at the wheel. Like we just think that another <laughs> one. Well, no, I just thought oh. of something when you said that, you know, the enemy is coming after our kids. You know, um, I hope this is not offensive, but I, I feel like that should be something that we uh, are alerted to. A yeah. lot of times we can be alerted to, to only temporal things like they're coming after yeah. our guns, you know. Yeah. But the enemy yeah. is coming after our kids. Well, that too. Yeah, that too, but I'm saying. No, I'm kidding. I know exactly. I'm kidding. <laughs> we need I'm to be alerted about the enemy coming after our kids and what we yeah. need to do to uh, make sure that they can thrive in Babylon. Yeah, exactly right. And that's where, you know, I had been thinking for a while here um, uh, what was going to be my next book. I was telling you that this morning. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, man, you know, and, and I really believe, I know people think, it doesn't take all that. You don't have to you don't have to be that spiritually deep. And that's probably true. All right. Let me just all right. But there are times you do have to that do you have to you have to be that I'm like I'm like, Lord, what is it? You know, what is what's the next thing? Like what do you want me to read? Because I, I really am convinced that the things that the Lord causes me to read or prompts me to read these are things that are not only beneficial to myself, but they are meant to be a blessing to the body of Christ, right? That there Amen. are things that are going to aid in the work that we're doing. I really do believe that. I, I, I don't often think, oh, it's just, this is just for my leisure. I often think that um, the things that I'm reading, um, the things that I'm surveying or examining are for the benefit of the body of Christ because of what we do, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's, this is a part of what we do. So I was thinking about this a while back, like, man, you know, what's, what's the next thing that I should read? I, you know, I don't really know. I, I can always go back to church history books and kind of use them as a reference and, and continue on, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I just wasn't really feeling that to kind of, um, 
you know, yeah. delve deeply into that. Yeah. And anyway, there was an uh, there was an author that I wanted to interview after maternity leave because he has a book out. It's Rod Dreher's book, Live Not by Lies, mm. uh, a manual for Christian dissidents. And Jade, our incredible producer, mm-hmm. reminded me of that book and uh, sent home the copy of it. Uh, or a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And so I just started reading the inside flap and I was like, oh yeah, I do want to interview Rod Dreher and you know, this is going to be great. But let me, let me read to you what I read. And I was like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be my book here. Uh, <laughs> so I was reading the inside flap of it and just kind of thinking, oh, you know, let me check it out and see what it's about. Listen to this and live not by lies. Dreher amplifies the alarm and explains why it is so hard for us to recognize the threat of totalitarianism in our own time. He lays out the steps for resistance and shares stories of modern day dissidents who preserved their faith and their integrity during a time of tyranny, revealing. Mm. And he has a list here that's coming up, but I'm going to stop at the first one. Revealing, number one, how to keep your sons and daughters in the faith like the Benda family, whose six children remain devoted in the face of persecution. Mm. So I stop there (laughs) and I go. Does he have a table of contents here? Like, could I, <laughs> could I just skip to that section? And sure enough, he does. Mm-hmm. That is chapter seven. And here is the here is the title <laughs> of that chapter. Families are resistance cells. Mm. Families are resistance cells. <laughs> now, if you th- <laughs> if you think about your family as a cell, OK, an operation. Mm-hmm. All right. A part of some kind of like syndicate. I mean, I don't mean to be too. <laughs> but just if you think of your family that way, because I got to tell you, look, I don't know that I would have put it in those terms, but you know, that's why Dre wrote a book and I didn't. <laughs> if I were to put it in terms, I would say that's kind of how I see us operating with our families. Yeah. That we are trying to preserve our family in the midst of great darkness so that they are able to resist mm-hmm. what's going on in the culture. We often say we want to make them impervious. We want to make them culture proof. So how do we do that if we just send them out there spinning off into the culture to enjoy, to love, and for that culture to become a part of them? Mm. Well, we can't accomplish it if we do it that way. What we've got to do, what we've got to do is recognize, as Dreher says in his book, families are resistance cells. We are the small operations that protect the integrity of the gospel. We raise our kids to live in such a way that they are able to resist. This is powerful. All right, Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. thought about sending a child on the greatest journey mm. um, you can do that for just six dollars six dollars will send one kid on the greatest journey where they will be discipled they will be discipled they will be trained yeah. in godliness um, there is nothing that compares to this 
right? So it's it's one thing for us to say we pack sh- shoe boxes and this is great to do. We mm-hmm. know the ministry behind this. Our family participates and this is wonderful to do. Yeah. But we also send kids on the greatest journey because if, you know, <clears throat> it's one thing for us to say, you know, go on your way and be well fed and all of that stuff. And, and right. then also turn around and say, hey, I'm convicted. I need to meet the practical needs. But also there are deep spiritual needs that have to be met. Amen. And discipleship is critical. You That's cannot right. ignore that. Um, one of the things that comes to mind. Well, first, let me let me finish this thought, mm-hmm. not to be all over the place here. Mm-hmm. The greatest journey. Is important. Yes. And if you were listening to yesterday's show, which we could have hung out just a little bit longer with (laughs) Hannah, (laughs) talking about discipleship, because it's something that we are so passionate about. We have overlooked our children, church. Mm. We have overlooked our children. And some people would say, no, but we've had children programs and uh, children's programs. And and we've we've done like the, you know, the pizza things. And and we've we've tried to. But that, you know, gently, I'd say um, we've overlooked them. We have given them crumbs, you know. We've we've invited adults to feast on bread and all of these things, and but the kids, we've given them crumbs, and we've told adults that you need to partake of the lean meat. But for our kids, we're like, nah, just keep giving them milk <laughs> until they reach adulthood. Well, I don't think that we see anything in scripture that supports that. What we should be doing is training our children. We should be discipling our children. One of the things that um, kind of you know bothers me. Mm-hmm. about um, the objections that people have to parents who take a non-traditional route to training and discipling their children. They say, you're trying to keep your kids in a bubble. <laughs> right, right. They say, well, I mean, you know, you're just trying to, no, actually that's not what we're trying to do at all. I'm going to make that point, but first let me do this. <laughs> well, you got to help me. Hey. The greatest journey, the greatest <laughs> journey. There are two ways for you to give. You can give online, AFR.net, AFR.net, just $6, sends one kid somewhere in the world on the greatest journey. And that is worth it. It's mm. just $6. Uh, you can also call 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396. Mm-hmm. Um, not trying to tell anybody how to parent, but just to offer by way of some suggestions. Maybe this is something that you would discuss with your kids and say, hey, what should we do? How many kids should we send on this journey? You know, just Mm -hmm. talk to them about the importance of discipleship and what this program does and then see how their hearts are set ablaze, how they are encouraged and want other kids to be discipled as well. Just a thought. Um, But getting back to my original point here, Mm because we talk about discipleship and we talk about the importance of that. And I want to paint a picture here. When we are sort of, you know, I don't know, developing our little resistance cells yeah. <laughs> in our families, yeah. all right? When we are training our kids, when we are, um, by the will of God and by the grace of God, um, making our kids impervious to the culture, we are culture-proofing our kids. We're not doing that to take them out of the world. You have to understand that what we are trying to do is make them ready for the world that they already live in. Mm. And that, that's a huge difference. There are some parents, let me just say this too. There are some parents who have fallen into this, um, this trap where they don't trust God. And so they think if I can just um, keep my kids, you know, under my wing here, right, then no evil will befall them. Nothing bad will ever happen to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to keep them. I'm trying to protect them. I'm trying to keep them safe. I don't want them to see anything. I don't want them to do anything. And and I understand that feeling, 
right? I understand that strong temptation. But what we are actually tasked with doing is something that's a little bit more labor intensive than that. We're not just keeping them holed up in our house. Mm -hmm. right. What we're supposed to be doing is readying them for battle, readying them for action, teaching them how to stand against the demands of the culture, because the culture does make demands of us, does it not? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the culture, <laughs> the culture does make demands. In fact, one of the things that I'm reminded of is Jesus's prayer for the apostles and then also his prayers for you and me. Yeah. Right. Because it doesn't just stop at them. It's for those who are going to come after them, who are going to believe because of their testimony. So that's me. And that's you. That's there are listeners who have, in fact, believed because of the testimony of the apostles. But one of the things that Jesus says um, or as he prays, this is in John chapter 17, verse 14. He says, um, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from mm. the evil one. I'm going to read that verse again. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Mm -hmm. Now, why do I point that out? I point that out because as parents, we're not trying to take our kids out of the world. No, we just want them to be prepared to stand against the evil one. As we ask the Lord to keep them, we also want to prepare them for their role, that they can stand against wickedness. So when you're training your kids, when you're at home with your kids, you're not just, you know, teaching them to hunker down or spanking their hand every time they have questions about the world. Right. Right. Because sometimes that's frightening. Like when your kids have questions about right. the world. Why that do you have seem, that question? <laughs> that's that's our response. Right. That's usually our that's, you know, oh, no. it's, it's kind of like that's our reflex is like, wait, what? No, don't even ask about that. Why do you care about that? How do you know who that is? You know, like that's right. That's uh, look, I'm convicted. That's my, how do you know who that is. I'm like, how do you know who that is? Right. And um, but what what does God want us to do? God wants us to ready them yeah. to stand against the culture. That's the right. direction that the culture is going in is antithetical to the gospel. This is kind of surprising for us because in the United States of America, we have enjoyed thoroughly <laughs> wrung it out Christian heritage. All right. We mm. have enjoyed that. It was good to be a Christian. It was smiled upon to be a Christian, but now all of a sudden, to be a Christian is not good. Acts 17. To be a Christian makes you hateful. I'm sorry, say that again. Acts 17. Is that Acts right? 17 is a different culture. That, that's right. Mm -hmm. It's a different culture that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, that reference is to uh, Gospel Reset, a book authored by Ken Ham, where he says that too many of us are living like we're in an Acts 2 culture where everyone understood what Peter said when he stood up and preached, right? right? Everybody understood who Everybody Peter was talking about amen. when he said God. <laughs> Everybody said amen. Their response was, okay, what must we do to be mm -hmm. saved, right? And so Peter was able to very freely and easily say repent. That is not the culture that Paul went to, right? Right. Paul went to the heathens where they were like, let us just appease all the gods. <laughs> and so let us even also have this, this altar, this, this unknown God here in the event that we make him mad. We don't know who he is, mm -hmm. but if he's mad, let's also have an altar for him. <laughs> right. And so it's in this context that Paul is preaching the gospel where he's got to first establish who God is. Yeah. You don't know him. So let me make him known to you. And then he goes back to the beginning, right? 
that this is the one God who made from one man every nation of people to dwell upon the face of the earth. And this is the culture and the context that our kids are growing up in. And it's very, very different from our Acts 2 1980s, 1970s culture. Yeah. Some people are on 1960s, 1950s, yeah, like, just depending what? on, That's you know, this. wherever. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you a thought that I had that I had the other day sure. here? Um, Let's hear it. All right. So I was thinking about some of the um, the problems that we have in rearing and discipling our kids. Uh-huh. And I figured it all out in one thought. I came to this final, just all of it, all of it right here. Oh man, we want to hear this. It's this is it. Turn your radios up. (laughs) (laughs) Miki has figured it out. I'm just kidding. I wish this was all of it. No, it's not. But this was one thought that led to a series of thoughts. Each generation of parents, I think, and because I found myself having similar thoughts, each generation of parents is trying to parent from their generation that they grew up in. Hmm. So they're parenting their kids based on how they grew up, right? We're saying, well, you know, I can't believe, for example, and you'll get what I mean when I say this, <laughs> we're saying things like, I can't believe you didn't re- re- rewind the, the VCR tape. <laughs> like, <They're> like, <laughs> How dare you not rewind that tape? Re-what the what? You know? <laughs> and the kids are looking like, um... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know, you know. And so now today, listen, and we had this experience where we had family in town recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's OK for me to mention my sister has this device. I forget even the name of it, but it's the thing that allows you to do virtual reality. Yeah. OK, where you can you know hook it up to your phone and put the goggles Goggle on things. and everything. Yeah. OK. And so J.D. loves this thing. And so my sister, who is younger than I am, OK, um, said, yeah, it doesn't work anymore because, you know, it's not it's not resetting or something like that. And so J.D., who, you know, has not taken any courses or anything <laughs> like that. Right. But just he is a technology native. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, Gigi, I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm telling you what you need to do is uh, delete it from your phone, download it again because your phone needs to. Up-. And he's gone through this whole thing. And I have to admit, both Gigi and I are like, and eh, no, that's not it. It's just not working. You're not going to be able wow. to use it. But he's driven uh-huh. by like, first of all, he wants to use it. He must right? have been so he's right driven for personal gain. <laughs> well, he was finally. So so the first day, no, nah, it's not working. Second day, it's not working. Third day, he goes, can I just try? Can I, he's, he's 10. Can I just try? And she goes, I've tried. I'm telling you, it's just you can't. It's just we're not going to be able to use it. Well, that's not an option for him. <laughs> so she says, finally, all right, you can do it. I'm not in the room when it happens. I come back in the room. He's on the thing moving around like he's on a roller coaster, like his legs are up in the air. He's on the sofa and he's, you know, oh, oh. and I go, what happened? And Gigi says, as much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> the child was right. What's my point? My point is this is their time. Yeah. They are living in a time that is different from the time that we grew up in. Right. So in order for us to, prepare them for this time we can't keep talking about what it was like when we were growing up Mm, good point because they have no point of reference for that right they don't understand so we've got to prepare them for the time they live in now so when we talk to our kids we are talking to them culture now look we will reminisce about acts two Mm -hmm. because boy i gotta tell you i really miss it that when we said god everybody knew what we were talking about Mm -hmm. they said when you when we said god they knew the one God who has revealed himself in scripture. 
But now not so much. People say God and it is whatever they have created in their own minds and you don't even know until you get them talking, right? So preparing our kids to live in this Act 17 culture means meeting them in it. Right. Not standing outside just over the threshold of it saying, I'm not getting I'm not getting involved in that. We got to understand that in many ways, because of technology, because of what they have access to, they understand things that we can't believe they understand. Mm. They know things that we can't believe they know. So we've got to, in so many ways, live in their world. And and you know, the thing, too, the thing, too, is that God has equipped us as parents to be able to carry out exactly doing what you're what you're talking about to be able to see what's going on because you you know like you said the temptation is to try to parent from how you grew up but you know god gives us uh the discernment and the wisdom to be able to see what's happening even in the culture today and to to apply his word because the word never changed you know It, it, it stays the same so we can apply his word no matter what generation it is you know we don't have to shy away from that you know amen and this is a uh, a great time, you know, to do what Ephesians 5 say says in uh, verse 16. Therefore, be careful how you walk. It says, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. That Knowing that the, the time that we're living in and being able to speak to the things that are happening, you know, in these evil days, you know, so, so that we don't uh, be foolish, but that we understand what the will of the Lord is. And I think that's important for us. To understand what the will of the Lord is, to understand the times that we're living in, not only for ourselves, but for our children, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to speak to them and to show them, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And this mm-hmm. is against the word of God, against the way that we live as as a people of God and to alert them to understand that, man, in this in this time frame where, where you're living, you're going to have to contend uh, for, for the faith. You're going to have to That's basically right. swim upstream, <laughs> you know. And and so it yeah. won't be easy, but you can do it. And parents, we are equipped to do that. This does not have to be sourced out, you know, to uh, a youth group or to, That's you know, right. some other minister with, you know, uh, letters behind his name. Like, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't be because the Lord has provided yeah. us to be able to do so. That's exactly right. And look, and and I will just add to, to what you're saying, because I think you're making a great point here. The things that we say to our kids when we're responding to what is happening in the culture, the things that we're trying to warn them against, these should be the things that we ourselves have already sort of accepted that have, they have to be applied to our lives first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, if you're saying, man, you know, how do I, um, how do I create a love of the word for my children? That's a question that we get often, by the way. um, And I try to respond to that. But if the question is, well, I want my kids to love reading the word of God. What do I do? How do I foster that? That's got to be true in your life. Right. That's that's got to be true in your personal life. You have got to love the word of God. You've got to go to the word of God. It's got to be your source of hope, your source of encouragement, your source of living. This is how we live so that it's not that, that you're standing, you know, sort of from Acts 2 yelling to Acts 17. Right. It is that you're in Acts 17 with your kids and you are showing them that the same word of God that that was potent and powerful in your generation is potent and powerful in their generation. We've got to show them that the word of God, because it is authored by God, anticipates our human condition 
and therefore speaks to everything that we will encounter. All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take a break and be right back. Back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Mosaic MSC with Trimbo. Boy, we're having some technical difficulties. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I'm going to tell you, I think it's people with all their online <laughs> shopping. Maybe. I think I think, I think think you guys know. are messing with my connection. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I, I do feel better having someone to blame. I just feel it's kind of like part of the Adamic situation that we have here where we're like oh no it wasn't me (laughs) it can't be anything i'm doing like i've got to have connected properly and gotten everything going on anyways welcome back we appreciate you listening uh sherry b is over in studio cc if we don't get john cooper on Mm -hmm. um well several things one how embarrassing because i told (laughs) because i told our kids now there may be some people listening something so i mean hey is she talking to somebody yeah i don't know who it is because look the listener our (laughs) listeners are like no how embarrassing you told us you told us and i'm like no 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 i can handle you guys right it's the kids that i have to handle that that look of (laughs) because i said we were media friends and they're like whoa that's so cool and so now I got to go back and say that, you know, John stood us up. That's so bad. Like that, I can't handle. I, I can handle you guys saying, hey, we'll get them back at a later date. You guys are far more gracious. You guys are all Acts 2. <laughs> right. But they are Acts 17. They don't. <laughs> oh, they don't want to hear my apologies. OK, they don't care. They don't care what I'm talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me read this to you here. And then um, a little bit from. Uh, John's response to, do you guys remember last year um, we had so many Christians who were like walking away from the faith, who were just like, Mm -hmm. you know, this worship leader has decided he doesn't believe the truth of scripture. This one, you know, it's come out. He has had an affair and has justified it with, oh, I don't believe the truth claims of scripture. I don't believe that we adequately address sin. I don't believe that, you know, and all of these things. And they, they took this very like um, virtuous position that I've been living a lie and I want all of the world to know I'm living a lie starting this new journey. Well, um, I was alerted to this Facebook post by one of our colleagues here, actually, Stacy, Stacy Fowler, who is a huge Skillet fan. Um, she <laughs> was like, did you guys see John Cooper's Facebook post? And I, I remember being like, no, I don't think I did. And she goes, OK, I'm sending you a link. You need to check it out. This is something that I think is going to resonate with you guys. Mm-hmm. But he just kind of went in and it was from this Facebook post that he kind of got on everybody's radar as sort of like a commentator. Everybody mm-hmm. knows John Cooper as a rocker. They know him as the lead singer of Skillet. Um, if, in fact, you do know him as the lead singer of Skillet. Um, but this kind of changed the way people started talking about John Cooper. And from that time, he just didn't even let up off the gas. He just continued. He started um, doing a podcast where he's talking about issues, talking about what's going on. And it's so important what is being discussed, not only on this show, but on uh, John Cooper's podcast that he says, even though this could threaten and probably does threaten what he does as a musician, mm. 
He's willing to have the conversation. Sound like courage. But I wanted courage to remind to our listeners, even if we don't get, it does sound like courage. And <laughs> it sounds like the only thing that can work in the time that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Like the line is so clearly drawn that you are on one side or the other, right? You yeah. are on the, the Lord's side or you're on the other. Um, so anyways, but this is what he wrote that I thought, whoa, I mean, he is so spot on. So this is his post from August of 2019, um, where he asked the question, this is the question he asked, what in God's name is happening in Christianity? That was his question. And this was after a series of moral failures, problems in the pulpit, people turning away from the faith and then making themselves seem really cool that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's, I mean, that's what it, they, 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 they're all like, you know, trying to be relevant. They're trying to keep yeah. it real. And so John took issue with this and this is what he wrote. I'll, I'll read a little bit of it. Um, He says, okay, I'm saying it because it's too important not to. What is happening in Christianity? More and more of our outspoken leaders or influencers who were once faces of the faith are falling away. And at this moment, let me just stop for a second. And all of our listeners should be thinking and kind of surveying. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's true. Remembering one after the other, even if they were not overtly coming out and saying, hey, I'm leaving Christianity, what they did do was come out with some newfangled quote unquote truth, (laughs) right? Where it's like, this is what I believe. And Mm -hmm. then they put a my on it. This is my truth. And we're all supposed to celebrate them and laud them as being, you know, crusaders in, in the current cultural climate climate, because they have the, the courage to tell their truth, (laughs) right? Their truth. Okay. So anyways, he says at the same time, they are being very vocal and bold about it. Shockingly, they still want to influence others mm. as they announce that they are leaving the faith. Man. <laughs> so they're leaving Christianity, so to speak. Right. But still trying to get people's attention around it. Right. Like, you know, like the thing, <laughs> the thing is, if, if you are, if you've made the decision to walk away from the truth yeah. and Christians all know this, right? Like we know that the gospel is the truth. Christianity is not just our tradition. Mm-hmm. It's not just it's not just our faith, right? It is the truth for mankind. That's a bold statement. Yeah. But if you are going to after decades walk away from that. I mean, as John points out, it should be a little bit embarrassing that you held to this for 20 years and now all of a sudden you're supposed Man. to be held up as like this deep thinker. But but what that what that tells tells you is it, it more than likely it's because it was attached to their livelihood. It wasn't really, Mm -hmm. you know, if it was a means in which, man, I'm successful. I'm getting money. I'm doing things under this banner, not necessarily because I'm a Christian, but because it's, it's working for me. And, you know, and they, I guess got to a point where they were like, well, I don't want (laughs) to do that anymore or hide that, but I still Mm want to keep this fan base. or I still want to keep this influence that I have. And man, you know, and, the, the sad part about this whole thing to me is that a lot of people, quote unquote, in the church would still support those type of they artists. Follow them. Still follow Absolutely. them even after they say, I'm not a Christian artist or yeah. I'm not, you know, still yeah. follow them. Like, man, what? It just told you yep. that they're, they're not, you know, anyway. And, and I got to tell you, though, because a lot of the ways that you see this happening um, is not going to be the singer or the songwriter or the pastor or the internet influencer, which is actually like a job. It's like a thing 
right? Like yeah. internet influencer, that's a thing or whatever. Um, social media influencer, I think is what it's called officially. But like a lot of times you're not going to find that person who we once knew to be Christian, like just publicly um, disavowing Christianity or walking away. Like you're, you're not going to see that in many cases. In some cases you will, and we saw a lot of it in 2019, but what you will mostly see is them sort of associating themselves with a climate or a temperature that is like, mm, mm-hmm. that's, that's not how we began with Christ. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, not, right. that's not the gospel that's been handed down to us. So what you have to do is you have to be discerning, right? And you have to listen to what people are saying. Now, one of the things that John Cooper said last year when he wrote about this was that the reason we see this is because there's a departure from truth. Mm. What do you, what do you, what do you say to that? Like, yeah, what, are, what are your I, thoughts? about it? It, would, would you say that that would be like the reason? Yes. Yes. And a departure of truth and believing lies. Like, I think, you know, that goes hand in hand. You know, I think there's been a walking away from the straight edge, you know, Mm -hmm. because if you can do things that are compromising and like I can still be this and do this and, you know, man, that means that you have not really regarded the word of God as what it is. And because that's our boundary, that's our that's what keeps us, you know, the word of God, you know. And so when you're able to stretch beyond that. I would say that you have like laid down truth and you've accepted deception. Yeah. And I think, can I say too, I think that in addition to this right observation that when we have people um, departing from the truth and, and communicating in subtle ways, their new allegiance, I think it's something, I think it's subtle through and through. And I want to get your thoughts on this because Mm -hmm. I think it's more than just saying, well, I want to nix that scripture saying mm. I just don't want to apply that scripture. Mm-hmm. I think it is changing the meaning of scripture as mm. well. Yeah. It is, it is saying, agree. oh, look at this scripture. What it is actually saying is this. And they'll mm. say things that for a number of years, I thought it was just this. But as I'm, you know, becoming maturing. more and more enlightened, I, I'm maturing. <laughs> like, why no, you're speak, not. Why? why <laughs> oh, boy. Send help. <laughs> why? Why is it that they mature? toward less accountability yeah. and less of a it's fear like of God's holiness. Mature towards worldliness. Maturity? Like how how does yeah. that work? I thought we were supposed to be maturing to more godliness. Like, you know, being sanctified and brought uh closer to holiness. But then in the act in, in the actions that have been shown a lot of times it's more of going mm-hmm. towards worldliness. And they're calling yeah. that maturity. You know, I'm like, yeah. nah, that's not that's not that. So, you know, with our with our kids, because they often have questions about why we begin with some people in Christianity. Right. Um, Speaking specifically of music, because that's what John is really kind of dealing with in his post. He's talking about the fact that we have allowed singers and in some cases rappers to teach us theology or to teach us who God is. Mm -hmm. Right. And and his position is is that we shouldn't have done that. We should have never done that, right? Mm. Like we should have never allowed for people who have influence to take over the position that the word of God stands in, right? The word of God is the yeah. truth, right? Well, and, yeah. and if these people depart from truth, mm-hmm. then we have to, as the scriptures say, we have to mark them. But we love celebrity. Because, we, I mean, hard, yeah. we, in the church, we, I mean, in America, yes. But in the church, that's also a feature in the church, a loving of celebrity, you know, and so that, 
that we can set people up even as idols, you know, and we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't. It shouldn't be that way. But I think we have a um, a love for, you know, certain talent and things like, oh, you know, and and, and we're hooked by that. And so mm-hmm. before you know it, they're, if they begin to flop and flail, well, we're like, man, well, I guess that's all right, you know. And and it's not all right. Like we have to no, be rooted not. and grounded in the scripture for ourselves, you know, That's so exactly that we can right. be able to see when things are off, uh, you know, with who we're listening to or whatever. John, John Cooper wrote this. He said, we must stop making worship leaders and thought leaders or influencers or cool people or relevant <laughs> people, the most influential people in Christendom. Mm-hmm. And he said, and yes, that includes people like me. Mm-hmm. He said, he wrote, I've been saying for 20 years and seemed probably quite judgmental to some of my peers that we are in a dangerous place. Well, listen to this very carefully. We are in a dangerous place when the church is looking to 20 year old worship singers as mm. our source of truth. Wow. We now have a church culture that learns who God is from singing modern praise songs rather than from the teachings of the word. He goes, I'm not being rude to my worship leader friends, many who would agree with me in saying that singers and musicians are good at communicating emotion and feeling. We create a moment and a vehicle for God to speak. However, singers are not always the best people to write solid Bible truth and doctrine. (laughs) I sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, too young, too ignorant of scripture, too unaware or too unconcerned about the purity of scripture and the holiness of the God we are singing to. Mm. And then he asks this, have you ever considered the disrespect of singing songs to God that are untrue of his character? Mm. Man, listen, I have. <laughs> and, and what do I do? I because some of the songs become so wildly popular yeah. that you hear them everywhere. Right. And I'm not going to say any of them, <laughs> right. but some of them are and they are so wildly popular. And at the same time, so wildly wrong yeah. that you're like, I can't yeah. sing it. I love the beat. Mm-hmm. I love the melody. I love the harmonies. I love that you brought in this other singer that you guys are crossing worship bands, right? <laughs> you guys, are, that's great. I love it. Um, but what you are singing about God is untrue. And if you change one aspect of God's character, you're messing with the nature of God. That's right. If you change, if you take away one attribute of God's character or you simply mess it up, Right. You're lying about who God is. Right. And then you are you are distorting the glory of God because the glory of God is all of who God is. Right. Mm. As he allows it to be reflected in this earth. And so so often we've got these songs that people are singing Mm -hmm. that you're like, that's not right. You're like, man, it sounds (laughs) so good, but that's so not true, friend. Like, you know, you just want to you do want to go send help. You want to you want to have somebody come with a pin, you know? I, I would say, you know, send a send a Chris Tomlin over there and just be like, hey, listen, can you sit? Can you can you just take a little little, you know? And actually, that should happen. Down and just I believe with through. songwriters that it should be vetted in in like, hey, is this accurate? You know what I'm yeah. about to put out there, and you can even talk to your pastor about that to see if this is true. Well, I I think the best singers and songwriters do that. Yeah, I, th- I think they check what they're feeling about the scriptures 
against someone who is a teacher, right? Who can mm-hmm. approach the word of God with integrity. Not saying that singers can't do that because singers must do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can just feel a way so strongly, you know. Right. Uh, look, let me just say the title of this show is going to be The Day John Cooper Stood Us Up. <laughs> I literally want that to be the title of this show. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, Lord willing. God bless.